Hello and welcome to the Research Podcast from Georgia State University, available wherever podcasts are found. In each episode, we highlight interesting and innovative research happening at Georgia State. We feature a different faculty member and a different topic each month so you can learn more about research taking place across the university. I'm Jennifer Rainey Marquez, your host and Associate Director of Research Communications at Georgia State. My guest in this episode is Catherine Kozaitis, Associate Professor and Chair of Anthropology and author of the new book, Indebted, An Ethnography of Despair and Resilience in Greece's Second City, published by Oxford University Press. The book examines the economic and political factors that led to the Greek debt crisis, including financial pressures from international lenders, unregulated spending by the Greek government, predatory bank loans, and rising unemployment. Dr. Kozaitis is a cultural anthropologist and ethnographic researcher who spent a year in Greece studying the socio-cultural changes that emerged as a result of the financial crisis. Today, she's going to talk about the transformation that she observed in Greece and how it's a case study for the aftermath of any kind of crisis anywhere in the world. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Let's talk a little bit about how the book came about. Can you discuss what piqued your interest in the Greeks and their response to this economic crash that occurred 10 years ago, a little bit more, in 2009? Uh, actually, it was the uh, economic crash itself, the uh, Great Recession of 2008 itself, that inspired the the focus of this research. I had plans to be in Thessaloniki, which is considered the second uh, city of Greece um, and cultural capital of Greece, and focus my research on the socioeconomic integration of refugees and immigrants uh, that populated Greece following the revolutionary wave in the 1980s and 90s um, after the fall of communist rule Mm -hmm. in Eastern Europe. Uh, However, uh, when the Greek crisis occurred and listening to media, the response of people I knew in Thessaloniki um, and the concerns that people had, inspired me to shift focus, to shift the research question. So I had a Fulbright to already be in Thessaloniki to conduct an ethnography, a year-long ethnography. And because of the crisis, I shifted the focus. Instead, examined the lived experience of crisis among the people of Thessaloniki. How did you conduct your research in terms of, um, you know, did you live there? How, how, How did you do this? I conducted ethnographic research. I moved to Thessaloniki and settled in the city, in the center of the city, and focused my research on ethnographic interviews uh, with hundreds of people, um, ages 18 to 80. I conducted participant observation in events and social activities throughout the city, focus groups, uh, age and gender-based focus groups. And so what were you looking at during those interviews? What were you sort of trying to discern? There were three uh, sub-questions that interested me. And the first was uh, a focus on urban Greeks, on urbanites, um, and the unanticipated 
um, experience of this event. People spoke about being unprepared, uh, being assaulted without warning with respect to this, uh, what some people called economic warfare uh, from Europe and, and the world. The other focus was middle class professionals who were accustomed to predictability and control and respectability and comfort and wealth to discover suddenly uh, an experience of a downward mobility. And the third focus that interested me was how did people respond to a diminishing, on the one hand, diminishing material resources and newly acquired time and leisure that mm-hmm. unemployment um, uh, provided them. And so I really wanted to know what the response was. How did they interpret it? How did they experience it? What did they do with, with the changes that were forced on them? And what were some of those changes that you observed or that you documented in terms of their behavior or their values? Immediately, I noticed a degree of emotional turmoil that people experienced personally and collectively. Uh, People's emotions, feelings oscillated between uh, fear and rage and um, uh, despair at the same time that people felt hopeful and relieved and even inspired. So there was this mix, this fluctuating feelings and emotions that people expressed uh, with respect to the crisis. Um, Also, I noticed um, behavioral adjustments that began at a very micro level, at the household level, adjusting their expenses, cutting luxuries, uh, focusing more on um, intergenerational supports, um, providing donations of food and clothing to people, um, and focusing more and more on relationships and and humanitarian um, uh, displays. Also, I noticed that people uh, emigrated. Many young people began to leave Greece, uh, young couples and also young singles. Because they just couldn't they find couldn't, work. They, right. They lost their jobs. Uh, they, were, they were unable to even, many people, have, in fact, worked without getting paid. Um, and so people decided to move to England or Australia, the U.S. if they could. So emigration became one immediate response. Uh, and then there were the other shorter-term adjustments to, uh, to economizing. I also noticed a rise in um, what I saw as intellectual reckonings, discourses of blame and accountability, people asking questions and, and theorizing of the causes of the, the crisis, the roots of the crisis, mm-hmm. um, uh, pointing um, blame toward neoliberal policies and global markets uh, at the same time that they held Eurozone elites accountable, uh, at the same time they held um, uh, Greek state officials accountable and politicians. Uh, and, and yet, uh, invariably, people also turned to themselves and held themselves accountable for decisions, economic, economic decisions that they may have made uh, and some of their own financial practices that may have led to a national crisis. Um, and finally, there was also a rise in spiritual or moral or ethical awakenings questioning practices of the past, um, the self-critique or repentance, ideas of of, uh, self-determination in changing behaviors and changing um, value orientation with respect to consumption. There were uh, 
protests and other forms of collective praxis or, or collective responses like grassroots organizing and volunteering work uh, became um, increasingly popular. Uh, beautification of urban spaces, a, a new sense of civic duty, mm-hmm. uh, a new sense of collective social welfare began to to occupy people's um, narratives or, or to occupy people's minds. Right. So it's interesting to me because your research is really looking at how this sort of seismic event Fun, can fundamentally change the fabric of a society and how people interact with each other and how they behave and what they value. So what do your findings tell us about crisis in general and how societies respond to cr- a crisis or are transformed by a crisis? The crisis um, I discovered is is it's not an event it's a process it's a period of time and it's a process and i know in popular uh, discourse and media and even in scholarly discourses uh, crisis is described as an event and what i a stock what, market a crash stock market a crash i see the natural stock market disaster right yeah. that's the event mm-hmm. what follows from that the aftermath of a natural disaster or a stock market crash is the crisis and that is the way of life that emerges and the kinds of behaviors and values uh, and practices that that people begin to display as a result of being in crisis. So Mm -hmm. a a kind of a culture of crisis emerges. And what I noticed is that in this case in particular, that crisis was a time of variable and simultaneous and cyclical feelings, intellectual uh, deliberations uh, of of the meaning of life and the meaning of work, and then acts of resilience um, and, and, and also solidarity and recovery. So the idea is that crisis was not experienced, at least based on on my analysis, as an absolute decline, a national decline. Early on, the rhetoric about the Greek crisis was that it was a tragedy and and a catastrophe um, and a calamity in a sort of an, an absolute way. And as I said earlier, while people described it, described those kinds of feelings and sentiments, at the same time, they also articulated that it was not a decline, that maybe perhaps this is an opportunity mm-hmm. for renewal, for recovery. Um, and, and, and you also and, described good things that came out of it. Exactly. Public service. Public service, um, right. Um, intensification of relationships, sociality, commensality, conviviality, um, even frugality. People began to talk a lot about conspicuous frugality rather than conspicuous consumption. And ideas like, uh, and, and, and conspicuous frugality wasn't just a new value, but it became a new cultural practice. Be, people were proud, proud of that. So indeed, that crisis time is one of lamentation of losses, but it's also a revelatory time, a mm-hmm. time of revelation of prospects for renewal uh, in, in, in the future. Uh, the other aspect uh, of crisis is that it involves change and continuity. That is, people change their behaviors, people proceed with ideas and and practices that they see as reforms or as improvements, but they also negotiate customs and traditions of the past that maybe they need to hold on to. Mm -hmm. So it's a process of change and continuity that proves to be resourceful and adaptive in times of crisis. And I understand, so you have sort of 
come up with a way to describe this using an anthropological concept known as lim- liminality. 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 It's, right. It's, it's crisis. Uh, it, my theory is theory of crisis as liminality. And liminality here uh, in, it refers to this period of time where people are simultaneously, uh, that life is is, is disrupted and people are simultaneously caught between despair and resilience, that that life was not what it used to be. Life may not be uh, the same when the crisis uh, uh, comes to, to some sort of an end, but there's this middle phase that is full of chaos and confusion and uncertainty and and precarity. Um, so the, it also involves loss of statuses or loss of conventional hierarchies, uh, structural hierarchies, symbolic hierarchies. Uh, and from that chaos, from that process emerge new aspects of culture, new statuses, new ways of seeing and being in the world. So you're you're sort of in an in, in between you're state. Between, right. It's a, it's, you're it's, no longer a time what you were, out of but... time between and betwixt mm-hmm. ways of life right. um, before a disruption and ma- a major societal disruption and before any degree or sense of recovery and renewal. And I mentioned earlier, this could be, you know, not just an economic crisis, but something like a natural disaster. Like it could be, this could apply to any type of crisis that a society may have thrust upon them. Correct. And assuming that a community or a population survives a catastrophe, survives a natural disaster, then we can expect people to experience disasters, natural disasters, or political economic calamities uh, through mobilization. People, people, uh, such crises mobilize victims to question established norms and practices and policies, perhaps, Mm -hmm. uh, but also to imagine and experiment new ones. So people will come together and figure out theorize what went wrong, what could be done differently, what other stakeholders need to be engaged, whether it's regional, national, international resources to bring us together to ensure a degree of recovery. So it's a hopeful story in the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think crisis, this is why I've argued that crises uh, are experiences and times of loss, but also of gain and hope and renewal and recovery. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Kosaitis, and congratulations on your book. Thank you. This has been the research podcast from Georgia State University featuring Dr. Catherine Kosaitis, Associate Professor of Anthropology and author of the new book, Indebted, An Ethnography of Despair and Resilience in Greece's Second City. For more conversations about research taking place across Georgia State University, look for the research podcast wherever podcasts are found. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes.